Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey, it's Catherine here from Lifehouse Church in Tokyo. I'm so glad that you are joining us today because it's the start of a new month and a brand new series. I'm really excited about this one. We are doing a series called Closer to Love this month where we're taking a look at dating, love, relationship, marriage. It's going to be so great. And I know you're going to be encouraged and blessed by this series. Maybe you're wondering, does God care about these things? And you know what? Yes, God does. He cares about you and about you having a wonderful, healthy, happy life, relationships. Uh, He wants your dating life to be great. And the Bible is full of truth and wisdom all about how we can have uh, great marriages, great relationships, live a healthy, blessed life that God has for us. Because you know, Marriage and sex is actually God's invention. This is not man's idea and pastors didn't invent marriage just so that they would have jobs to do um, in wedding chapels. No, marriage and sex is God's idea and He has the best wisdom on how we can be blessed um, in these areas in our life. And maybe when you hear the word marriage, maybe you have a negative impression. Maybe uh, you have seen negative examples, bad examples in your life. And so when you hear a story about uh, a message about marriage, you you kind of feel discouraged or you think, oh, you know, this isn't good. Marriage isn't good. Or maybe you're dating or single and you're excited about the idea of marriage. But today I want to paint a picture for you that is great, a positive message on marriage. God has a great plan and vision for marriage. And when we get His vision for marriage, we are going to be blessed and prosper in all areas of our life. And this is for you two singles or dating people. You're going to be blessed and encouraged by this. You know, I've been married for 15 years now. I know you're looking at me and you're thinking, no ways. And thank you for thinking that. But yes, I have been married for 15 years. And my husband's name is Adrian. And actually, we met. Uh, my friend was throwing a surprise birthday party for me. And she invited Adrian, who was one of her friends, to come along. And looking back, I think, wow, that was like the best surprise birthday gift that I ever received, even though I didn't know that at the time. So Adrian liked me. And he he, he wanted to have a relationship with me and I was like, nah, our friends owned him. But you know what? We were great friends at church. We served together in Dream Team. We we're part of Connect Groups, growing in God together. And then one day I realized, oh, wow. Like, I can't imagine my life without Adrian in it. I think this is my person. This is the person for me. And, you know, Adrian and I have been, uh, we, we dated and we got married pretty soon after that and been together for 15 years. And it's been really amazing. And each year I can honestly say, has been even better than the last. Even though we're not perfect, we make lots of mistakes, God is working on us. We can see God's hand in our life, His blessing, His provision, His wisdom. And, you know, we we feel like we have so much vision and purpose. You know, marriage is, is all about two amazing people coming together to be a dream team and have vision and purpose with God. So I want to encourage you that God's plan and purpose for marriage is incredible. You can get excited about it. You know, something interesting to note is that the first song that was ever sung in the whole existence of the world was a love song. That's right, a love song. And you can see this in the Bible. In Genesis, it's one of the first books written in the Bible. And uh, a little bit of backstory behind this love song is God created the heavens and the earth and He created uh, animals and He creates Adam. It was the first man. And uh, He looks at His creation. He's like, wow, this creation is really good. 
And then he thinks, he looks at Adam and he thinks, wow, you know, it's not good for this man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper that's just right for him. And that word helper, um, it's a good positive word. It doesn't mean servants or something like that, but it means somebody who's going to be your ally, your partner for life, somebody who's got strengths to add with your strengths and together you're going to be like amazing allies together and so uh, Adam looks around and he looks at all the animals he's like yeah these are not suitable helpers for me God do you have something else and so God puts Adam into a deep sleep and he takes a rib from Adam's side and he uses this rib to make Eve the very first one and Adam wakes up and as he wakes up God brings Eve to him and he bursts out into a love song. This is the first love song ever. And this is also the first marriage ever. God brings Adam and Eve together in the first marriage that we see in the Bible. Because remember, marriage is God's invention, His creation. We can even read about uh, God's blueprint for marriage um, in, the, in the New Testament. Jesus speaks about it too. He says in Matthew 19 verse 46, he said, Haven't you read in your Bible that the Creator originally made man and woman for each other, male and female? And because of this, a man leaves father and mother and is firmly bonded to his wife, becoming one flesh, no longer two bodies, but one. We can see that God's vision for marriage is one man, one woman coming together. They leave their families behind to make a brand new family and they make this super amazing power team full of vision and purpose that God has for them. God has such a great plan for marriage. So today we're going to actually take a look at a story about a wedding that Jesus was at. He was an invited guest to this wedding. When I was thinking about this message, I actually thought of a, a really funny story. Once Adrian and I were invited to his cousin's wedding and we looked on Google Maps and we thought, okay, there's the church. We're going, we dressed up in our wedding clothes. We're going to get ready to go to his cousin's wedding. And we, we're driving along the road and we think, well, this looks like a church and there are people like in you know, wedding clothes going inside. So we think this is the wedding uh, you know, from what we think we see on Google Maps. So we walk into the church and we sit down in the seats and Adrian's looking around around and he's like oh no I don't see anybody here that I know um, yet maybe they're still gonna come and we're like okay you know I, I hope so I mean I don't know all of his family so I'm looking I'm, I'm hoping this is the right thing the next somebody hands out a pamphlet for the wedding and we look at it, it's like oh this is not your cousin's wedding we are sitting in the wrong wedding how embarrassing is that so like we like sneaked out of the, the church and we looked back on Google Maps and we saw, oh, the church that his cousin was getting married at was just a few meters down the road. We had accidentally great gate crashed a wedding that we weren't invited to. Crazy story, right? But today I'm going to share a story where uh, Jesus was invited to a wedding. He was, an, he was a guest. He was supposed to be there. He was invited to a wedding. And we can see what happens when Jesus is invited to this wedding. This wedding takes place um, in Cana. We can read it in John 2, starting from verse 1. It says, Now on the third day, Jesus' mother went to a wedding feast in the Galilean village of Cana. Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet, but with so many guests, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized it, she came to Jesus and asked, They have no wine. Can't you do something about it? So weddings in these days, a traditional Jewish wedding, it would take place over several days. It would be maybe three to seven days. It would be a really 
huge celebration and you would invite your whole extended family. So your, your aunts, aunt and your cousins, grandmas, cats, dog, everybody, the whole extended family is invited. It's a really, really big event. The whole community, all your friends would be invited to, to this, this big celebration that would last for many days with lots of good food, lots of dancing. It was such a, a joyful celebration time. But we can see at this wedding, it's only day three, and they have run out of wine already. There's still many days to come. They've got all of these guests. What are they going to do? You know, for a host to run out of supplies in the wedding would be a great shame. They, they were going to show the new family, look, we can, we can provide uh, for this new family. We're good. And, uh, you know, you can trust us. And now they've already run out of wine. It's only day three. It would have brought such great shame to the family. So Mary, Jesus' mother, she knows that Jesus can do something. And she goes up to Jesus and she's like, please, Jesus, you've got to help. This is a really bad situation. It's a big wedding drama. Uh, you got to help. I know that you can do something. You know, so uh, she gathers, she knows because she knows Jesus can do something. She gathers all the servers, the, the people working behind the scenes, and she says to them, whatever Jesus says to you, you should do it because he's got a big uh, plan for this. So they uh, took six pots of water, six stone pots of water that were meant to be used for washing their hands. And each one of them could hold about 20 gallons or more of water. And Jesus instructs them to fill each of the pots with water right up to the very top. Then he said, go and fill your pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. You know, I wonder what the servants must have thought when they're doing this. They, this is like the jars that are used for washing hands. So that's kind of strange. And Jesus is saying, fill these jars to the brim uh, with water. Maybe they're thinking, Jesus, you know, people are not going to believe that that's wine. We know that's water we're putting in there. What, what is your plan? What is the big idea? But you know what they do? It they, they fill these jars to the brim. And now they take this to the master of ceremonies. You know, it's that time in the wedding where the MC, the master of ceremonies, is going to say a big speech to the, you know, the bridal couple. I'm sure you've, you've seen that at the weddings when you, you've got your glass of wine or champagne or fruit juice. And they make a toast and say, oh, to the bride and groom. And everyone goes, kampai, cheers. And they, you know, sip their, their wine. It's like that really important moment. And the master of ceremonies is going to taste this wine. And we're going to see what happens. And it says, and when they poured out their pitchers for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water had become wine. When he tasted the water that became wine, the master of ceremonies was impressed with its quality. Although he didn't know where the wine had come from, only the servers knew. He called the bridegroom over and said to him, Every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup or two. Then he serves the cheaper wine. But you, my friend, you've reserved the most exquisite wine until now. This miracle in Cana was the first of many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee and revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. Wow, this is actually the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed when he began his ministry. The very, very first miracle. And I think it's so special that it was at a wedding that Jesus chose to, to show his power, to show what he could do. I think that shows that Jesus mar values marriage, that uh, Jesus celebrates these moments in our lives. This is important for him, that this, this miracle, this is his very first miracle and it happened at a wedding. 
So it's a really great story. It's one of those, oh, I'm so glad Jesus saved the day stories. But I want to encourage you from this too. What would happen if you invite Jesus to be a part of your wedding, a part of your marriage or your vision for marriage? My first point that I want to encourage you with is to invite Jesus. Invite just like Jesus came to the wedding. He was invited. He was an invited guest. Um, if we invite Jesus into our life, invite him to be part of our, our uh, relationship ideas and plans, our vision for marriage, it will be a blessed one. We will have everything that we need. We will, be, uh, we will make good and wise decisions. You know, if Jesus wasn't at that wedding, there wouldn't have been that miracle, right? Wherever Jesus' presence and power is, there is blessing in our lives. So why wouldn't we want Jesus to be a part of, of those important decisions that we're making in our lives? So I think the first step is to invite Jesus to be a part of not just the wedding day, but our, our marriages, a part of our, our married life together. When Jesus is there, His presence um, will bring blessing into your life. And we can expect even the miracles, right? Because marriage life, you can't do it without God's help and power. We need Him. So let's. the first step is to invite Him to be part of our marriage. Invite Him to be part of shaping your views on marriage. And so what does this look like? Maybe you're saying, okay, well, what, what does this look like practically in my life? And two things I want to encourage you with how this is, how we can practically work this out is ask and follow. This is how we can invite Jesus. First thing is asking. You know, when Mary saw there was a need, you know, they'd run out of wine, she came to Jesus and asked Him for help. Did you know that you can come and ask Jesus in your time of need? And I'm sure you, you've, you've seen all the needs that you have, right? We can come to Jesus and ask Him for anything. You know, when Jesus was in that situation, uh, there was an answer, there were solutions. And the same for you. You can ask God, what do you need? Do you need wisdom on making decisions in your marriage, about your, your future, your finances, wisdom for your family? Uh, what do you need? Do you need uh, provision, healing? Whatever need you have, Jesus can fulfill that need. So let's ask him. Let's ask, let's tell him what we need. Maybe even if you're a single person, I think it's a great thing to ask Jesus to prepare you as a person for marriage and to prepare you and lead you in the right direction so that you can choose the right, the right partner for your life. So let's ask Jesus to be a part of our life and to help us and lead and guide and shape every decision that we have, meet every need that we have because Jesus wants to, he's there, we can ask him. So this is simple prayer, right? Prayer is talking and, and asking to God. It doesn't have to be big words. It can just be short, powerful prayers. Jesus is always listening to us. So let's ask him. The next thing I want to encourage you with is follow. So Mary said to the servants, whatever Jesus commands you to do, do it. And I want to encourage the same with you. Whatever Jesus is speaking to you about, whatever he, you read in his word, let's follow that. Let's put that into action in our life. We, we want to hear what the words are and we want to put into action. Because it was obedience to Jesus' instructions that brought the miracle and brought the blessing in their life, right? And I'm sure they had lots of questions. You know, wh why are we filling these jars with water? Is this really going to help? Is this really going to work? Is this wedding going to be a disaster? What's going to happen? I'm sure they had lots of questions. But they trusted Jesus and they, they followed what he said. And I love it. The Bible is full of incredible truth and wisdom that can lead and guide us uh, at what steps that we should take. How can we have healthy relationships when it comes to forgiveness? What should we do when it comes to generosity? What can we do when it comes to raising families? 
what do we do? You know, the Bible isn't full of rules to weigh you down and make you feel guilty, but it's incredible, powerful truth in your life that will bring hope. It'll bring freedom. It'll bring uh, blessing. It'll bring peace into your life. It's so good. So let's follow what Jesus is instructing us to do when it comes to relationships. I know we get so many messages out there in the world, right? You, uh, you, there's so many blogs or magazines saying, you know, if you want a great marriage, a relationship, these are all the steps you should follow. Or maybe we like watching those like, Korean dramas or Hollywood movies and you think, oh, this is what mad love and marriage looks like. But actually, you know, uh, some of that is not true. Those, those are not God's ways. Those are not the blessed way. We want God's word and, and his uh, will to shape our, our view on relationships and marriage. So let's, let's ask him. Let's follow what he has to say. And I love that the outcome of this is uh, really amazing, right? The outcome of Jesus at the wedding was an abundance of provision. Where, God, where Jesus is involved, there's always abundance. It wasn't like there was a little bit of wine. Let's try and pass it around, make it last. There was abundance. It was jars and jars and jars of wine. It was, it was the best wine ever. It was amazing. And that's what it's like when we have Jesus in our life, shaping and leading and guiding every step we take. There is an abundance of provision. Everything you need. Uh, in Jesus, we can find abundance of that. There's also abundance of joy and celebration, right? When This isn't a, a story about a party where people are drinking lots of wine and getting drunk and joyful. Actually, like uh, this, is, this is a story when we, when we read in the Bible about wine, wine is often referring to joy. And I love it how there wasn't just a little bit, but there was an abundance of joy, abundance of celebration. It was, it was such a good thing. When Jesus is a part of our marriage, is a part of our life, there is joy, there's celebration, and it keeps getting better. Right, the master of ceremony said, "Yeah, you, I, you know, you. I thought you served. You're going to serve the best wine first, but you've left the best even until the end. And I think it can be the same for our marriages. It's not like you start off really great, and you know, it gets uh, more difficult and worse, worse as you get along. That's not God's plan for marriage. Well, you know, the best is yet to come. There's always more and better ahead with God for you. You know, sometimes I watch these like uh, uh, TV shows, reality TV shows, and I, someone will say, oh, you know, we used to have like." Uh, um, a great marriage and lots of romance but now you know we sleep in separate beds and you know we've got separate lives and that's okay that's just what happens in life we're just doing our own thing it's like they're just paying bills together just roommates together I feel so sad when I see that I'm like guys no there's something more there's something better when God is with us in a relationship when Jesus is part of our lives it's always going to get better even the difficult times there's always something that we can hope for um, something better to come with God and uh, you know the world it's like the, the wine ran out but when Jesus came uh, there was enough it's like the joy of the world is going to run out if, if we try to do it all on our own that's going to run out but what Jesus provides us will never run out that's so encouraging for me you know, before I was a Christian, I had really negative experiences with relationships. Um, uh, you know, I was a, a very insecure person. I don't think I love or valued myself. And if you don't love or value yourself, uh, you're not going to make good choices when it comes to relationships, right? You. So I, I made really bad uh, relationships decisions. I, I didn't choose uh choose good partnerships or I think I was really not a good person either and it was just a really negative situation so I had like a, a negative view on relationships and marriage but when I, I became a Christian 
And I, I remember uh, God's love came and filled my heart. And first and foremost, I realized that God loved me and valued me. And that was more important than, than any other relationship. That, was, that satisfied me. That brought healing, uh, brought hope to my life. I, I realized that God saw me as, as really valuable. And as a secure person, I was like, okay, um, you know, I want, to, I want to follow God's way for relationships. I've tried my own ways. That didn't work so well. That didn't go too well for me. But I've seen all these great, amazing Christian marriages around me. And, and I want that. And I want that in my life. So God, I want to follow your way. And it's been amazing as I've put God first in my life, as I've followed His ways, I have, I have enjoyed now, like, like I said, a marriage of 15 years. And, it's, and it just keeps getting better with God at the center, with Jesus invited to every part of my life, shaping um, my marriage. So it's, that's what we have to look forward to with Jesus uh, in, invited into our lives. We can have a, a blessed and hopeful future, even in difficult times. So I want to I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're single. Why don't you invite Jesus to to be a part of shaping um, and leading and guiding you as you make decisions about your relationship? And if it's a negative view that you have a marriage, ask God to show you His vision for a marriage. Because with God, you can have a we can be excited about uh, a future marriage. And and ask God to lead you. Who is the person that He has for you? Whatever He has for you, it's going to be a great plan. And if you're married, I want to encourage you. Let's ask and follow. Let's trust God for an increase of joy and provision in our life. Remember, with God, it's, it's meant to get better. There's even better things uh, ahead for us with God in each season. So let's, let's trust Him for a, an overflow, an increase of that joy and celebration in our life. So I'd love to take this moment to pray for you. So thank you, God that you love us. That's the most important thing of all. And we want to invite you to come and be a part of our relationships. Would you lead and guide us? Give us wisdom for the future. For those who are single, would you lead and guide them to find the right person for them? But first and foremost, to, to experience your love. And for those who are married, we want, to, we want to pray for an increase of your joy and your celebration, your provision in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's awesome. Well, there's another group of people I'd love to pray for. And I want to share with you, first and foremost, the ultimate picture of what love is. And Jesus shows us what this is. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, God showed us how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. How did you know before you even knew God, before you even thought about God, He knew you, He loved you, and He loved you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, for you. And anybody who places their hope and faith in Jesus can have a blessed life, a life where you have hope now and hope for eternity. And you too can be invited into this relationship. You, could, you just have to make a decision today that I want to follow Jesus. Like I shared in my story, that moment where I realized how much God loved me and uh, how much uh, I received from Him, I was able to have healthy relationships after that. It starts with me first receiving from God, me first having a healthy, good relationship with God. And Jesus is inviting you to the same thing. So that's you today. I'd love to have a moment to pray for you. 
So you can just say, Jesus, that's me. I want to follow you today. So Jesus, thank you for anybody who's responded today. They want to follow you. I pray that you lead and guide them. I pray that you'd fill their heart with your love. Uh, Would you forgive them? Would you strengthen them? In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, why don't we pray this prayer together? Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. With Jesus, it's going to be an amazing journey. Let's enjoy it together. See you next week. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.